Lord, we worship and adore you. We magnify your name this evening, recognizing your love, your mercy, your patience, your grace with every single one of us. Thank you, dear Lord, that as we navigate through life, the blessings and then the challenging moments as well, you never abandon us. You're always with us. When we think back, back Lord, at, our, at the steps we've taken, decisions we've made, places we've been, and yet your love is there all the time. Your forgiveness is there all the time. Lord, you are a God beyond compare. Words are insufficient to be able to describe your majesty, your benevolence, your protection over us. That all we could possibly do, Lord, as we're doing this evening, is simply glorify you and thank you. In a world turned upside down, in a world of chaos, with uncertainties about tomorrow, we can stand firmly on the rock of our salvation, on our faith in you, and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that it doesn't matter what may come our way, you are unshakable. You're a mighty God. You will continue to watch over us. We thank you as we praise you this evening that everyone listening to us right now, every home, will experience a powerful visitation of your presence. Your presence that brings peace, brings victory, allows us, Lord, to be encouraged and inspired to move forward. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord this evening. There's just a sweet spirit in the air here in this place, and I, I trust that they're in your home as well. And it's, it's just fascinating when we're uh, navigating through these difficult waters and challenging times that we can really be at peace. We can really be reconciled with God and to such a degree that although the winds blow around us, uh, we have a firm foundation. And that is our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that keeps rising to the surface during this COVID uh, season that we're having that's now going into months and months and months is that although systems around us fail and uh, the airs are filled with half-truths or no truths at all and we don't know who we can rely on, one thing never changes, and that is that God is faithful, faithful to us. And we're getting to realize even more in days like these that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that relationship we're able to have with God. The strength of our faith is what helps us to navigate through because everything else has failed. But God never, ever fails. He's faithful. In fact, there's a text in Scripture that we repeat so often that helps to encourage us that even, it says the following, even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. Even when we've exhausted all abilities to encourage ourselves and 
Remain faithful. God is always, always faithful. Even when we stray, faithful. Even when we're in our moments of doubting, faithful. That's why we can sing. As we sing tonight, we give you glory. We give you honor, Lord, because God is just amazing. I'd like to invite you to join me down this journey of just thinking about a few things in the sermon that I've prepared for you this evening. And I want to talk about a workable strategy for stormy times. As I continue in my journey of, uh, as a pastor to prepare encouraging words for our congregation and for you that listen to us every Wednesday night and, and then also those that come to worship on Sundays and even our daily pastoral devotions. Uh, as, as I continue this preparation, I realize that we really need to continue talking about the context, what is surrounding us. And there is uncertainty out there. There are fears that well up inside of us. There are moments when it seems like the ground underneath us is shaking. And then not knowing where this is all heading or how long it will be, this coronavirus and all that, that is connected with that. Oftentimes we can lose sight that we will get through this. We can lose sight that uh, there, there's hope for, to get to the other side. So I want to use tonight really just to remind us, use a passage of scripture and remind us that we, we, we can have and develop and keep and implement a workable strategy uh, for stormy times. And if you think about it, when things are going well, you really don't need a, storm, uh, a workable strategy. But when things are upside down, you need something to give you your bearing and something to be your foundation, something to hold you firm. I want to use the writings from the, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 39. Just a few verses in the whole journey of Christ, a very powerful chapter. Mark 4, 35 through 39. And it says, That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, him being Jesus, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Verse 37 says, A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him, and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? It's amazing the things that we say when we're in panic mode. It's amazing what comes out of our mouths when it looks like it's uh, all ending. That's what happens to the disciples. That was a very human question that they asked uh, of the Lord in their despair. Don't you care if we drown? They knew the answer, but they asked it because that's where their emotions were. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Very familiar story. Jesus now in his uh, time of teaching, because that's what he, the majority of his time was spent, not preaching but teaching and discipling those that were following after him, uh, had really had a day of a long day of ministry. And now it was time to get to the other side, the Sea of Galilee, which isn't a sea, by the way. It's just a huge, gigantic lake. But because it was so large, it was called the Sea of Galilee. They needed to get to the other side. And, of course, he's with his disciples who were basically fishermen. And he tells them, let's get to the other side. We need to go. 
because there was work to be done. You know, even though work can tire you out, there's another day coming. There's another moment coming. There's another opportunity coming, and it's never ending. He tells them, let's go to the other side. They leave, and then in the middle, like it usually happened because of the topography of the area around um, uh, the Sea of Galilee, uh, a storm broke out as they were in the middle of the, of, the, of the lake. And it was a threatening storm. And as we just seen, Jesus was resting because he had a difficult day. He's gifted in such a way that he can sleep in the middle of a storm. But the disciples panicked when they saw that their lives were in danger and it looked like all was going to be lost. They went right back to Jesus, woke him, and then that powerful way that the Lord speaks to nature and he tells it to quiet down. But I, there's a several observations on here that I think will apply to us today because that's the story as it happened back then when it was written, right? And how Mark brings it to us. But there's an application for us today as we're navigating the storm. And the first thing... Uh, that, that, that really just grabs me from the reading of the text is verse 36 when it says leaving the crowd behind. Sometimes we need to get away from certain people. And I want to just uh, draw your attention that these were the very people that he was ministering to. But he says he left the crowd behind. Where he was going, they could not go. And oftentimes we uh, get caught up in this cycle of being ourselves, finding ourselves among a crowd or a group of people that are not beneficial for us, good people, for a season, for a moment, but may not help us getting to the effectiveness and efficiency that God wants over our lives. And that, that jumps on me. He, we need to sometimes get away from the crowd. He had to leave a crowd behind. Now, it doesn't imply it in the text, but as I apply it today, it could be negativity. You know, sometimes you may have the most positive, outgoing day, and all of a sudden you end up connecting with someone that you know who is not as uh, effervescent as you or as positive as you, and all of a sudden that joy that you felt all of a sudden is being quenched. Sometimes in order to get uh, to the other side, we need to have an element of a workable strategy like that, that not everyone is good for you all the time. Did you get that? Not everyone is good for you all the time. There are seasons Jesus got away. The other thing that really jumps out at me in these verses that I read, not only in leaving the crowd as they were moving to the other side, but it says that the disciples took him along. They made sure to keep Jesus close. Close. They took him along as they were journeying to the other side because I could just see it. Jesus mounted the boat Let's get going. Let's get to the other side. And then he went right to lay his head on the cushion and sleep. Uh, and they took him along. They kept him close. I, wanna, I just want to challenge you today as I challenge myself that in our journeys of the ups and downs of life, of the uncertainties of our journey, if we're going to keep anyone close, it needs to be Jesus. And you say, why? And I'm going to tell you, we cannot live through what we need to live through without the Lord by our side. He'll determine how he'll perform the miracle for us. But we need to keep him, keep him close. And this has to be part of our strategy, not just once in a while, but I believe all the time. Realize that not everyone can be with me all the time on the journey that I'm, I'm on, number one. And number two, that of all of the people I need to get, keep close is Christ and that relationship that I have with him. But I want to, you to notice something that I am, and I want to confess right now, that in all the times that I've read this story, I've overlooked this statement, and it hit me as I was preparing for today, for Wednesday, 
And that is that it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along as he was in the boat. They were also other boats. In other words, as they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, they left the crowd behind. Jesus was with them. They kept them close. But then there were other boats nearby that were with them as well. And, and this is what I get from that that I think applies today. We need to make sure that we also hang, out, hang around with people that have a similar anointing, a similar perspective, a similar view on life as we move forward. We need to make sure that, uh, that, that we have, in other, in other words, it, let me bring it to the point here. Jesus got, got on a fisherman's boat, but there were other fishermen around there in their own boats as well. And that tells me that sometimes we do have to get away from certain people, but then there are certain people that can actually add value to our lives, and we to them, it becomes reciprocal. And those are the individuals that replenish us so many times or that understand the journeys that we're going through. Uh, frequently what we need to do, and I say this often when I do my marriage counseling with individuals, is you need to ask other married people how they journey, not through the wonderful effervescent, wonderful blessing times, happy times, but when they're going through their challenging moments, talk to the people that have been married for a long time and let them share with you their journey. Or you don't really need know what it is uh, uh, to lose someone close to you unless you talk to someone that has lost someone close to them. And then you're able to have this connection. Hang out with people with similar views, similar lives, similar anointing in your life. Fisherman to fisherman is a workable strategy. The fourth observation that I see here is also found in the text. It says that they, there were other boats there and then, the, of course, the storm broke out. Jesus was, was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. And then the disciples went and woke, woke him up. Listen to me closely on this fourth strategy. There are times when we need to let God leave God alone because we can do what we need to do. Remember, I always teach in this church, there's things that God does and there's things that we do. Don't go asking God to do something that you have the ability to do. But that does not mean that at the moment of crisis, you don't run to the Lord. Run to the Lord. There are moments where only the Lord can help us resolve the situation. We have to be discerning with that. We have to be wise in approaching that. And here it says that because they got stormy, they realized that this situation that they were going through at this moment was beyond their ability to, con to control. They were fishermen, so they, need, they knew how to fix the net. They didn't need God to help them out. They were fishermen. They knew how to get the boat into the water. They didn't need Jesus to help them. They were fishermen. They knew how to navigate the, the, the waters as well because they were fishermen. But when it came to a storm of that magnitude, they realized that they did not have the ability nor the capacity to be able to meet the challenge. So when stormy times come, don't try to be the hero, especially a dead hero because the storm destroyed you. But rather, there are moments when you realize, I cannot do this by myself. I need divine intervention. And go to the feet of Jesus. They went and they woke him up. And then Jesus immediately knew what he needed to, to do. He knew before he woke up. But he, he got up and immediately uh, calmed the seas and, and, and stopped the storm and, and confronted the situation. You and I need to have a strategy that not only gets away from a crowd that, that can draw from us, not only do we need to keep Jesus close to us, because that's what you need to do, not only do we have to hang out with individuals that can replenish us, but when stormy times come, we need to run to him. We need to go seeking after him 
so that he can help us make it through. Fifth and final observation, because this is a five-point five strategy. Get away from the crowd. Keep Jesus close. Hang out with people with similar views and anointing. When the storm comes, remember Jesus. But the fourth one is, listen to this one. At the beginning of the service, I was talking to one of our guys here, and we actually talked about this point. This point is powerful. It says here that he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. And then the last part of verse 39 says, the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And this, this is the point that I want to make on my fifth strategy. Listen, you invited Jesus, so don't be surprised by the miracle. That's what Jesus does. They invited him. They brought him along. They went and woke him up. He got off from the cushion. He did what he needed to do. And then all of a sudden, they're experiencing. And oftentimes with us, that's what happens. A miracle will come our way. And then we, we did, we, I don't know if we forget or we choose to ignore that we were praying for it before. And when it arrives, we get this blown away feeling. But wait, wait, wait. That's what Jesus does. He's a God that provides the miraculous for us. That, that cannot be explained, but cannot be pushed aside. One of my pastor friends from a, uh, uh, here in the city of New York, uh, when, 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 some, when a, someone's giving a testimony about something that's happened miraculous over their lives, he says, that's not a miracle. That's, that's just what God does. And we need to realize, uh, my brothers and sisters and friends and congregations, that there are times when we invited Jesus into our journey Expect the miraculous. I don't pray to the Lord expecting less than the miraculous. I'll accept whatever happens. But when I pray and when I go to the Lord and when I go to God, I'm not expecting anything short of a miracle to happen. I'm asking the Lord for that in faith, believing in faith, hoping that I'll get it. If it doesn't happen, then you're not, because God is sovereign at the end of the day, but expect the miraculous. I think if we include a workable strategy in our lives that will help us to navigate the storm that we're facing right now or maybe the other storms that we're facing at home with a family member, family disruptions that go on, health concerns that we might have, a journeying through money problems, for example, or problems with neighbors or so many things that we're confronting, the fear that wells up inside of us because of this virus going around and we're not sure what's going to happen. All of that, those storms, God lays out for us a workable strategy. Because I, I, want, I want to remind you that at the end of the day, he is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He is light in the darkness. That is who he is. If we keep that in our minds, then we'll be able to implement the strategy. And I close with this quote from actually Robert Schuller quote. Look what it says. It says, obstacles are seldom the same size tomorrow as they are today. Obstacles are seldom the same size tomorrow as they are today. Let's worship that way maker, miracle worker, promise.